0: Alabama has scheduled Missouri for its homecoming game. And you know what? I'm not insulted. I'm frankly honored. And I want to explain why coming up right now on Locked on Mizzou. You are locked on Mizzou, your daily podcast on the Missouri Tigers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Sons and daughters, I'm John Miller, your Mizzou mafioso and the central scrutinizer of Missouri Tigers football and basketball. And today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. New customers join today and you'll get $200 in bonus bets if your first bet of $5 or more wins. Visit fanduel.com slash locked on. To get started and under the old ways of thinking perhaps maybe conventional wisdom when you saw a big time program like Alabama schedule Missouri for its homecoming you'd think oh well that's just great so we're the cakewalk for Alabama this season right well obviously after last season I don't think Alabama is going to be looking at Missouri as a cakewalk whatsoever and I don't think Missouri fans should be insulted by this at all. And don't get me wrong. Of course, you always want to win your homecoming game. No question about that. But if you really think about this, Alabama football has been littered with home blowouts for well over a decade here in the Nick Saban era, which is great and all. Don't get me wrong. It's a lot more fun than the opposite of getting blown out at home. But at a certain point, human nature does start to creep in and yes fans become a little bit spoiled without question. So if you think about it, hey, when are when are homecoming games usually? They're in October. So really, Alabama only has two options here. It's either South Carolina or it's Missouri. And again, maybe you want to actually give your returning alumni a more fun, competitive game to watch than perhaps maybe they've often seen the last few years. Well, if that's the case, as we sit here right now, I think you got to anticipate that Missouri is going to be a better game than South Carolina. So again, if you're if you're sticking it to October, well, then you only really have two options there. And as if you're Missouri, heck, you want to put that as a feather in your cap, another something to prove thing inside the locker room. Fine and dandy, but I I just think if we're being realistic here, if anything, this is more of a preference that Missouri is the better matchup for homecoming, I would say, than obviously an easier win. If Alabama was looking for an easier win, well, in that case, they'd just pick South Carolina. Now, as for Missouri's homecoming, yes, the OG of homecoming, the University of Missouri, well, if it's going to be in October as it usually is, well, there's only actually one option this season for homecoming. It's the October 19th ballgame against Auburn at Faroe Field because bit of an unusual schedule this year as Missouri starts off with four straight weeks at Memorial Stadium. So four games in September at home. Well, actually, I should say one technically, August 31st against Murray State is the opener as well. So August, September, you've got four home games, only one home game in October, in October, excuse me, in a bit of an odd schedule for sure. So three, then three more home games. I believe that's correct. Let's see. Nope, just two. Excuse me. Allow me to correct myself again. Just Arkansas and Oklahoma in the month of October, so or in November. You know, should I just start this entire podcast over? I'm kidding. I'm not going to, but that was not exactly the best moment just now in the history of Locked On Mizzou. Let me try that again. Two games in November, ladies and gentlemen, the Oklahoma Sooners and the Arkansas Razorbacks. There we go. I did it. Okay, with that said, let's move on from that segment because – You know what? I'll be honest with you. When it comes to Missouri football right now, we've hit a bit of a dead period. Not exactly a lot of news happening. Tigers still looking for an edge rusher slash defensive ends coach after Kevin Peoples followed Blake Baker to LSU, and of course, Missouri has found Corey Batoon, its new defensive coordinator. But other than that, really, Tiger's just looking for that defensive ends coach for the most part. Because when it comes to the recruiting calendar, actually, when it comes to high school recruiting and the transfer portal, I wouldn't expect much to happen here, really, until this spring when the transfer portal opens for a couple weeks from April 16th until April 30th. So really, we're just kind of sitting around and and watching some mediocre Missouri basketball at this point. Not a whole lot happening on the Mizzou football side. And by the way, speaking of basketball, kind of a similar story here, recruiting won't really start back up in earnest again until the portal opens, and that'll be on March 18th. It'll stay open until May 1st for about a month and a half. Interestingly, opening up before the end of the NCAA tournament. To me, that's one of my big criticisms right now with the entire portal setup. Why would you open the portal before the end of the season? That just doesn't make any sense. The end of your post-seasons in terms of the bowl season, the NCAA tournament. Can we give these college coaches any time whatsoever to just focus on the games themselves? Because it just seems like despite the fact that, yes, we are in a dead period right now. Well, guess what? A dead period. It would have been a dead period for Eli Drinkwitz on the field. I bet he would have probably enjoyed the portal more now than he did in December, is my point. So I don't know what we're doing here in terms of the actual schedule with the transfer portal and everything involved with NCAA athletics right now. But to me, at a certain point, you've got to change this schedule or you're just going to see more and more coaches Get burnt out of this entire infrastructure. Every once in a while, I run into a Missouri hypothetical that is so good, just outside of my own universe, that I just have to share it with all of you. And in this case, it's from the Power Mizzou Mailbag this morning. J. Loeffler three seven three seven is the screen name here. He says. Would you rather have 25 years of making the college football playoff every year, but never winning the entire thing, or win one national championship, but never making it back? And, you know, that is such a great question, because here's why. I'm definitely inclined to take the title, but this is an excellent hypothetical. I'll just tell you this, I've basically more or less lived the latter experience as a Kansas City Royals fan because in 2015 when the Royals won the whole thing that was as good and as satisfying of an experience as certainly as a baseball fan and as a sports fan that I think that you can possibly have that that's just my humble opinion and while technically I was alive for the 1985 championship I was two years old at the time, zero memory of it whatsoever. So again, in terms of my experience as a fan, it's not only been, not only has it been 25 plus years of, of never making it back to the playoffs per se, or the playoff, the college football playoff for comparison. I mean, the Royals have been basically just dog do for my entire life. 100 lost seasons just piling up the last the past few seasons after never having made it. So the problem is, you know, you lose those bandwagon fans awfully fast, don't you? And the Royals were selling out in 2015, all those people that had jumped on the bandwagon after years now of losing. Well, they're all gone now completely and Mizzou football fans have seen those people in past years when Missouri has great seasons and they don't follow it up maybe the next couple years as well as people would have hoped those bandwagon fans I'm telling you they just disappear awfully quickly and really the post Gary Pinkle years until fairly recently were pretty, pretty forgettable, you know, for as good as those Pinkle years were. I'm just trying to point out that those years in the wilderness, you don't know that you're going to be in the wilderness. Maybe that's the problem with this particular hypothetical. I guess you'd have to, after you answered this hypothetical question, if you chose the one championship, well, you'd need the, the men in black memory erasure device because without that, if you know what you're going into, well, I guess you could just stop watching. Couldn't you? That's part of being a fan, is the yearly toil of maybe this is the year. There's always next year, as Cubs fans would say. So to me, I think this is just a fantastic hypothetical question. And because. The, a Missouri football national championship would be even more unbelievable to me than the Royals winning it all, as as, lo- as far-fetched as that seemed nine years ago. This seems even more far-fetched in some ways as a longtime Mizzou football fan. You know what? I'm inclined to agree. I'll, I'll take the title, but man, 25 years though, that's, that's a long time to be in the wilderness. So I'm interested to hear what all of you think. And when it comes to Mizzou basketball, believe it or not, my friends over at FanDuel Sportsbook are basically begging you to take the Tigers tonight against Arkansas. And you know what? I'll tell you a little bit more about that here in a second, but happy Super Bowl to all who celebrate from FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. If you're like me, Super Bowl Sunday is all about scoring the best seat on the couch grabbing your favorite snacks, and placing some super bets. And I'll be honest with you, I woke up this morning ready to tell all of you to bet on Missouri tonight because Arkansas truly is in that much disarray, I think. But you know what? Missouri five-and-a-half point favorites, though. Good lord! I was thinking more like three, three and a half. It seems like my friends are on to it. They may even listen to my my podcast yesterday. But regardless, FanDuel has so many ways for you to end this season with a win or two or three. Not only you can bet, can you bet on who will win Super Bowl fifty-eight? But FanDuel also has bets for which players will score a touchdown, how many points will be scored in the ball game and so much more. New customers join today and you'll get $200 in bonus bets if your first bet of $5 or more wins. Just visit fanduel.com slash locked on to sign up. That's fanduel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sportsbook partner of the NFL. Thanks for making Locked On Mizzou your first listen every day. And you can check us out wherever you get podcasts, including on the SiriusXM app. And you can listen to Missouri and Arkansas tonight at 730 on the app or on your radio dial on channel 190 if you want to check out Mike Kelly and Chris Gervino on the call. But you know what? Enough with the negativity, folks. Let's get psyched, baby. Come on. It's Missouri. It's Arkansas. It's two teams with one SEC win in 14 tries. How can you not get excited? You've got a real chance for victory tonight if you're a Missouri fan. As far as I'm concerned, this is the game of the year, baby. The heck with these hogs. Feel the excitement. That didn't quite do it for you. Well, okay. Okay. How about we can maybe win some money? Now I've got your attention. Because, again, as I said in my FanDuel read there, I really did wake up this morning thinking, you know what, this is the night to bet on Missouri. But damn it, the FanDuel Sportsbook people, it seems like they're on top of it. As I pointed out before, so often in college basketball, the lines over at FanDuel Sportsbook very closely track to the Ken Palm projections, and tonight, well, the Ken Palm projections take them take them for what you for what you will seventy four seventy one a Missouri three point victory. So normally you'd expect three three and a half, maybe even two and a half. I was thinking three and a half, considering Arkansas. Has definitely got some some turmoil at the moment, to put it lightly, no question about that. I'm pretty sure pretty sure Eric Musselman has a tab open on his browser looking for Zillow on Zillow for spots in Louisville as we speak. So I get it. I really do. So but for that line to be five and a half, my goodness, they're really begging you to take Arkansas at that point. Because on paper, Missouri and Arkansas, that that shouldn't be that much of a spread. And for a Missouri team that has not won a game against a a real opponent, sorry, Central Arkansas, but you don't really count. Missouri has not won a game since December 3rd against Wichita State, against what you'd call an actual you know, an actual competitive opponent in my humble opinion. And yet despite that fact, if you made me take a side in this game, I'm going to go with the Tigers tonight. I'm just not confident enough at five and a half points to really actually endorse that bet. But again, if you're gonna if you're gonna make me choose one or the other, I'll take Missouri. But to me, like I said last week for the Chiefs against Baltimore I think this is ultimately a stay away. But when you compare Missouri to Arkansas right now, this is why I'm so much, I'm still fairly bullish. I shouldn't even say fairly, I don't want to qualify it. I'm still bullish on Missouri basketball and Dennis Gates in the future because right now, this is going to maybe seem a little counterintuitive, but most of Missouri's problems right now are basketball related. And that's actually a good thing because. These are problems that are quite solvable in the future. Missouri needs a little bit more size defensively on the perimeter. They need better shooting, quite honestly. They need at least one or two more shooters. A couple of those guys in theory are on the roster, but unfortunately Caleb Grill and John Tanjay have been injured for the lion's share of the season. But when it comes to Arkansas, well, their problems appear to run much deeper than just X's and O's, than just, hey, maybe we need another guy who can knock down a jump shot. Maybe we need another rim protector. Maybe we need another ball handler. These are all very eminently solvable problems, especially in the world of the transfer portal where everyone is immediately eligible. You can go plug holes in your roster, and I believe that this offseason Missouri will certainly do that. But when you've got a coach that might have a foot out the door already and teammates apparently feuding and having you know, interpersonal drama and all kinds of different stuff. Well, that isn't the case in Missouri right now. By all accounts, this team is, is still on the same page. They're just, not, they're just not winning. Again, I think so often we've seen offensively Missouri sets up a good play, gets a swing out, gets a good shot, and they just don't have the right guy to knock it down. I think in the future that's not going to be a problem. I think Dennis Gates can evaluate. I think he can evaluate talent. I think he can recruit talent. And I think he can run an offense as well. I think he's a really good offensive coach. As I've said before, though, defense, I'm questioning that a little bit at this point. We'll just have to see how it plays out in the future. I'm not saying he's a bad defensive coach or anything. What I am saying is that so far, a year and a half into his Missouri tenure, there really isn't a lot of evidence that he's a good defensive coach either. So my eyebrows are raised, my antennas are up, I'm just watching that side of the ball much more than I am offense, really, for the rest of the season. Because I think most of Missouri's offensive problems are pretty solvable. And speaking of those problems, let's focus a little bit more on tonight. We all know what the big problems for Missouri basketball are for the most part. For example, the Tigers are just simply a bad three-point shooting team this year. They don't rebound the ball well either. But here's the good news, at least for tonight, Arkansas isn't a good team on the glass either, and they don't defend the three-point shot statistically well either. So I think if Really, I think if Arkansas, their best chance to win this basketball game, if they're able to force their way to the free throw line consistently and like many teams have done, outshoot Missouri at the free throw line in terms of attempts by, say, 10 to 15, yeah, I think Arkansas will probably win this basketball game. Big part of that is on Missouri, too, defensively to avoid fouling unnecessarily. I think if they can do that, though, that Missouri will finally get off the schneid and get a victory in the SEC tonight. And I mentioned earlier on the program that the transfer portal, at least for now, is closed for the next two or three months or so in football until mid-April. And here's the thing. That tells me something. The fact that there's been no movement at a critical position of importance for Missouri next season – Shows me that they've got a lot of confidence at a spot where there's a new guy at a crucial position. I want to talk all about that new guy coming up here in just a little bit, but first let's talk Jace Medical. I know we come to sports to escape from the crazy headlines, but you know, can we just talk for a minute about preparing for real life? According to the FDA pharmacies are running out of antibiotics like amoxicillin right in the middle of the worst flu season in quite some time. And I can't imagine a worse feeling than if one of my kids got sick while a supply chain issue kept her from the life-saving medication that she needed. Well, thankfully, my family will be okay because of Jace Medical. The Jace case is a pack of five different antibiotics to treat a long list of bacterial illnesses, including UTIs, respiratory infections, sinusitis, skin infections, among others. This stuff could happen to any of us. So visit Jacemedical.com and complete your physician encounter. It will be reviewed by a board certified physician, and your medications will be dispensed by a licensed pharmacy at a fraction of of the regular cost. It's never been more important to be prepared. Go to jacemedical.com and use offer code LOCKEDON to get $20 off your order. So clearly an amazing season from Missouri last year, but it's also quite clear that Missouri could have lost a couple more games potentially last year if it weren't for the greatness of Harrison Mevis at place kicker, and of course some literal big shoes to fill in the case of Blake Baker. Well, should I have said literal there? I guess he's not literally filling Harrison's shoes. Trying to get a little cute with the place kicker analogy there. Forgive me to all of you English majors out there, but seriously, Blake Craig, Missouri must really like what they have in that young man considering, hey, transfer portal, place kickers, didn't even hear a rumor of that no no ideas of even Missouri sniffing around have anybody visit or anything like that so listen you you wouldn't think that Blake Craig, for instance, would have much to prove in the spring. It's not like quarterback or other positions where your reps are limited in practice. Essentially, you can kick at the, at the all day every day at the same time when everybody else is doing their stuff. So Missouri should have a pretty good idea of what Blake Baker is capable of. Now, in games, yeah, that's a little bit different element with the pressure of 65,000 people staring at you millions of people on home, that type of thing. Fine and dandy, but again, I just think that it's interesting that Blake Craig, Missouri, they must be confident with what they have in this young man. So, hey, we'll see what happens this season. Hopefully he has a tremendous year. I know in the past, Missouri has replaced one great kicker with another one. We've been pretty fortunate in that regard so far. But, you know what, one uh, one bit of... Uh, Constructive criticism, disagreement, I guess, from a listener. I'm going to close out the show with I've been talking quite a bit lately about media in general. And one topic I brought up on my last show was that a part of me is hoping that when we get to more of an on demand streaming model, you know what? We won't be as married to the six and eight o'clock doubleheaders during the week in basketball. Because as somebody who attends, Most of these games during the week, well, basically all of them during the SEC season for sure, I'd much rather go to a game at 7 o'clock. It's just a better starting time than 6 or 8. I think everyone can agree with that. 6 o'clock, I mean, a lot of people aren't getting off work until 5.30 or 6, so that's less than ideal. And 8 o'clock, well, it's a school night, that kind of thing less than ideal there as well. You're not getting home until 10 30 or 11. If you're in Boone County, if you got to drive an hour or two, I mean, at that point, you're probably just skipping the game at that point. So that's my whole thing. I would just, it's much more, much more ideal for games to start at seven o'clock. Well, the tone fan 1371, or perhaps it's, the 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 Twan fan looks like he's a Antoine Walker guy perhaps here based on the Celtics profile pick but he said all-around great pod but actually completely disagree with your idea of starting all the games at the same time Well, I understand the idea I do personally watch double headers of college and NBA basketball as a consumer of basketball I like being able to watch more than one game a night and if all games start with say and out within an hour of each other, I wouldn't be able to do that. Love the pod as always, and and really, I I do appreciate that feedback. I do, and I'll just say, I do think while you, I actually think you would be able to watch multiple games in this way. Because if it were just all starting at the same time, for example, you wouldn't necessarily have to do it this way. But let's say every SEC game started at 7 o'clock Central Time, you'd still be able to watch those games on demand or record them in the cloud, if you will. And there's always going to be the West Coast games that you can watch later. Now, I will say I'll give the SEC some credit. They have made this a little bit better on their own because like tonight, for instance, the Missouri game starting at 730 because I believe there'll be a game on the East Coast that's going to start 630 their time, 530 our time. So that's actually the half-hour difference there actually does make a pretty good amount of difference. So I do appreciate that compromise there by the SEC for sure. But, you know, no doubt that 7.30 is a better start, I think, than 6 or 8. 7 is definitely ideal, and I, I get I get the Tuan fans' point. I really do. Hey, give me more basketball. Give me more basketball to watch. I understand all of that. I'm just saying you don't necessarily have to watch it all live, and that way if you don't watch it all live, you skip through the, the commercials and the timeouts and the free throws occasionally – Well, now you can watch, like, three basketball games in the time it usually would have taken two. Just another way to look at it. But, hey, no matter what you think, appreciate you all with your constructive feedback. Appreciate you listening, telling a friend all about the show that you can get us on YouTube, Spotify, and, of course, wherever you get podcasts as well so until next time I am John Miller and next time yes we'll be talking hopefully about a Missouri victory but either way I'll be with you here on Thursday talking Missouri football and basketball right here on Locked on Mizzou